Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vole, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again is the Commissioner Jude Seymour and the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, the weather in the Midwest is out of control. Everybody got that 85 degrees or whatever it was for the spring game. I went up Sunday to go watch a baseball game. <laughs> and it was like 48 and like and 45 mile an hour wind gusts. Uh, I will say this. Dylan, uh, when the kids were in the bases after the game, Dylan took out pretty much every kid that was running by him. Uh, and I have a sweet picture of him like eyeing the home plate to dive in and then just fucking wiping out every kid. Wow. Uh, and as, I, as we're laughing our asses off about that, uh, <laughs> Brewster's walking up. Uh, to walk past us. So I got a good dap up with uh, Priester, but uh, uh, I think Dylan stole a show after the game. Fuck, it was cold, man. It was crazy cold. No See, here, here no. I thought you were going to lead with the fact that uh, the fan post on the site about the retired MI5 agent who confessed <laughs> that he killed Princess Di. Did that pop up again? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank there goes our good count. Uh, uh, no, no, only only Russian aliens. Oh, only Russian uh, aliens. Okay. Bottom yeah, of Lake Bacall's. Yeah, yeah Lake Bacall's the. Damn, no one really cares about Princess Die uh, at MI six right now. No, they just don't. It's uh maybe it's a sad state of affairs. I don't know. <laughs> How are you guys doing, man? Good. Doing well. Um, waiting for the April showers to go away that I was told was going to bring May flowers, but uh, it just keeps raining here. So, you guys got similar weather? Yeah, it's been mostly pretty rainy and uh, just generally high 40s, upper 50s, kind of miser- miserable, miserable spring weather. Yeah, it is not the uh, uh, it's not the spring game anymore. No, what what. What Midwest uh, part of spring are we in? I mean, I thought we were in, but this is still real spring, right? This is it's just real dreary, spring, real yeah. spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's not, it's not fun. It's not fun. I got outdoor stuff I got to get done. Oh, for this, sure. Yeah, the lawn starting. None to of the grow because of this rain, and I really can't get after it. Well, I had a bunch of bare spots this year, so I decided just to uh, 
I was really going to let my shit go. Plus I was getting sued by my neighbors, uh, over a fence. Um, oh yeah. Is that a good story or no? <laughs> um, I could do it in 30 <laughs> seconds. I was going to say, has your lawyer advised you not to uh, speak about this? No, this no, 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 no. So in, in 30 seconds, this is what happened. Uh, 12 years ago, uh, I went to go put up a fence between our two houses and I, I asked the guy, cause we had just moved into this house. I said, Hey man, I'm going to put up this fence going across our houses. It's pretty close, close proximity. I said, you know, I'm sorry to block your windows. I said, but if you got a better idea, he said, you know, could you just run the fence from your house to my house up in here? Sure, man. No problem. Saves me a ton of money on fencing. I don't care. Cool. Did it. My wife hated me for it. Yelled at me at least once a week for 12 years about it. <laughs> uh, and then last year went to go do it or was it was set up, you know, we're, I'm going to take that down and, and do it how we're supposed to do. Um, and then like told, told the son of the guy two months later, the, the guy dies. Uh, him and his wife died within a week of each other. They're great neighbors, by the way, absolutely fantastic neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they died within a week of each other. Uh, while we were gone up in Mackinac Island. So anyways, talk, missed the funeral and all that, but I talked to the son and, and I just kind of mentioned, I said, Hey, you know, I was like going to get that. Blah. He's oh, you know, don't worry about it. We're not going to sell the house in the spring, but blah, blah. I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, and then they fucking came at me hard. I pulled in the driveway after I got my kids from school and the dude was like, wait, he was in his front yard in the front yard. I waved at him. By the time I got my driveway and the kids were getting out, he's waiting for me outside the door. Uh, and the first word side of his mouth said, we got to get, you got to get this fence taken care of or my brother's going to call an attorney, which oh. didn't sit well with me. So I kind of went the F off uh, in only the way that I can. Mm, uh, yep. Because you just came at me, dog. You're outside of my, none of that was, le- none, of, none of that was legit. <laughs> oh, that's so funny because I I heard what you just said and thought he was trying to he was trying to say let's get this done quick so that my brother doesn't get involved and because my brother's litigious and I just I you know I want to help you so I, no, I no, no. so okay and what was funny about it is it's like all right you know yeah it goes across there so I'm like yeah dude I said I'm gonna take care of this and I wasn't gonna I'm not gonna do it right now it's still this was like back in March I said told you I'd do it in the spring. And he's like, he's like, well, spring's in two weeks. I said, hey, fucking exactly. I'm like, so, I don't know. What, but the whole point was like, you're, it went into your property. It's an encroachment. So fucking take it down yourself. If, it, yeah. if they were having a problem because the bank was having a problem with the loans and an encroachment, I get all that shit. I just wasn't fucking doing it right away because I have a dog. And yeah, of it was beginning of March. But if it's a big problem for you, it's in your, so he kind of went off and was like, it, it should have never been built like this. I'm like, hey, that's what your dad wanted me to do. Your dad was great, and he asked me to do it for him. I did it. So that's your property. You want to fucking take it down, take it down. And he said something else, and I was just like, man, I'm done. Send the, send the, send the lawyer letter. I don't even give a shit. Send the lawyer letter. And he's like, well, I so want to. I said, no, 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 no. Send the lawyer letter. So I got the lawyer letter, and uh, I waited until about two days before maybe the maybe it was the right the day before uh that they you know he gave me the the 15 days or whatever before they went and filed something else and i took down the the literally four feet of fencing that they were talking about it took me all of about 15 minutes 
Uh, well, it took me an extra like 20 minutes to dig a post out. No big deal. So, anyways, <laughs> I got I got other work to do outside <laughs> besides getting sued over this fence. But I got to I got to start to put that that the, the other part of the fence here. So. That's so funny running wild in the neighborhood. I got to meet our new neighbors, um, you know, and they they seem like really they seem like really fine people. Um, they didn't really say much or whatever. But the realtor was there, and he's like, "Oh, he's like, you're just kind of the person to ask for this." He's like, "Where does their property line end?" Um, and I was like, um, "I said, look, this is my understanding," and I kind of pointed to the, you know the general area. I said, "You know, you see that." Um, garage you know their garage or whatever basically go three feet you know to the side of it and that's where the line is or whatever and he's like oh really and i said well i mean we can always pull out the abstracts and find out for sure but <laughs> i said worked pretty well with the the previous owner and uh you know obviously if you need something taken care of that's you know like a, a tree that's on my property but it's leaning in yours then you know obviously we can talk it out or whatever so the guy just stood there and didn't say a word, and the realtor was just like, "Okay, okay." It's <laughs> just like, "Am I talking to you or am I talking to the new homeowner?" I'm I'm confused what's going on here. So, oh, I one extra bit to add to that. So I called the lawyer up just to tell him that it was done, Jude. Yeah. And I'm like, "Hey, just letting you know this uh, taken care of." And he goes, "Oh man, what you man? What did you do? Take an eighteen wheeler to it?" I said, "What the hell are you talking about?" Because oh, that's a lot of fencing, you know, to take down in that short amount of time. He said you didn't have it done yesterday. I said, are you fucking kidding? I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, that just seems like a lot of fence. I'm like, dude, it was three feet. The lawyer didn't even know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> they had completely lied to him about about the about really Scope what it was. The breadth of what it was. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so then, so then I called up the the brother that was handling everything, and dude couldn't be sweeter. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. I mean, to me on the phone, I'm just like this. This really feel like a whole lot of nonsense, bro. Like, how much money did you spend on an attorney for something that I was gonna do anyways? <laughs> like three feet of wood? Are you kidding me? Anyways, we are we are diving into Midwest Dad Yard Talk. Brennan, you haven't had any crazy shit in your new neighborhood, have you? No, not yet. It's all been uh, it's all been pretty pretty easy. Because you have you, you have the yeah. uh, do you have an HOA? Or yeah, it's craziness. No, we we don't have an HOA. Okay, um, that's good. We have a big subdivision that we live in, but there's no there's no HOA or anything. Uh, we did have a long company come out and thatch our yard though, so that's exciting. Mm, that's, that's an essential. That's essential. Uh, Midwest my life. You, you got to get your make us do that as uh, character building. Oh boy, uh, the kids are too young for character building, and I think at I this hated point, that. Chick. Well, I was a teenager, so yeah. Yeah, I think at this point I've got enough character. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Characters welcome. I care. Yeah, I, I'm the USA Network. Uh, <laughs> character building, huh, Jude? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it was he said some some line that I've now subsequently used on my kids about. You know, this is part of being in a family and contributing to the family or whatever, except he was never out there doing it. He was just mm-hmm. always making us do it. So, of course, that's, he was making all the money. So I suppose that was that's a quality. That's quality dad move right there. Yeah, that's not, that's you should learn from that. Yeah. I mean, he, like he taught us how to do it and then like walked away to get a tool and never came back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's better than the uh, perpetual flashlight holding. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, hold it up higher. Higher. You're not getting the right angle. Ah, uh, shoot. Well, boys, we got some we got some business to get to here. Uh, I got some reviews. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. I mean, I got a, I got got a small handful this week. Uh, just reminded everybody, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Whatever review that you leave, we will read on the next OFT podcast. Uh, Brendan, tell tell everyone what what we're looking for. I mean, give them a synopsis of what the hell they should be doing for us. Well, I was going to say that we deserve a Jeremiah Wusukomoa earned five star, but I think at this point, um, we deserve that. Kyle Hamilton earned five star. Locked in. Locked in. Where, you know, initially, you know, there were some services out there that rated him. He was as low. He was in the thousands, right? When he was first. Yeah. Yeah, Three star. Like three star. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, Seems like it turned out pretty good for for him. So hopefully, uh, hopefully much like Kyle Hamilton, uh, we can turn out pretty good for you. So we're, we're, we're now sidestepping to the Kyle Hamilton earned five stars, and we're totally going to ignore that uh, we're stealing Greg's thunder, right? Well, I think the problem the problem is, is um, according to the way that Jude uh, – I'm just acquiescing to Jude at this point based off of his valuation <laughs> of what a, de- a five-star is. Is this a decade is. thing? Yeah, it looks sort of like that because this came up with the Julian, the whole the whole Julian Love thing, where was Julian right. Love a five star? This is the big, this is in the the big fight. Round. Yeah. So uh, Kyle Hamilton is a first round draft pick, uh, top fifteen. He is he is an actual five star. He is an actual five star. An actual, not a theoretical five star or hope to be five star or a four star that turned into a five is, star. I like Jerry Tillery. I had to take my shirt off because this is uh, this is not the spirit of, of OFD, this nonsense that I'm hearing. Uh, all I know is uh, when Connor Radigan gets chosen number 30th by the uh, New England Patriots, oh boy, uh, it's it's going to be on like Kong. He might get the snaps for uh, for such valuation. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get let's get to these reviews here. Uh, first one here from JPPXM, Steve Angeli earned points. Says okay. five stars. Not going to lie. I have a hierarchy of ND sports podcasts, and this is third. <laughs> third? Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it begs the question, who are we behind, right? I, yeah, I'd like to know like which ones he's listened to. Correct. Uh because if it's like uh, I, then it's like, all right, whatever. You know, if it's IB, then I'm like, oh, well, okay, that's interesting. Mm, that's, that's a hell of a mix. Yeah. Uh, but I view it as the purest fan experience podcast by far. I very, a very enjoyable discussion of what I love and sports to have in the background while doing all my weekend household stuff. As long as you're looking for segments, power rank slash Mount Rushmore ND media figures. Pete Sampson is my pole position for both. Okay. He's not mine. Okay. He's not mine. I my pole position is probably the guy that I have found least amount of items to argue against. And it's Eric Hansen. I don't know if it's because 
I don't know. Yeah, you cannot help but love Eric Hansen. No, absolutely. He's just a, he's a great soul. Yeah. And it, look, I I have nothing against Pete, but I do I do find some of his opinions. Yeah, I differ in opinion. I, I guess I, I would say that as cautious as Pete is, I would say that Eric is probably even more measured. Um, that doesn't mean he's Eric's afraid to make a take. Uh, he once pissed off Charlie Weiss pretty hard with a with a with a well-written article, incisive article. But, um, you know, I think uh, Eric is just not there to, uh, you know, to pump up his. Uh, anything I say, it's going to sound like I'm, I'm actually slaggy Pete, and I, I, it's not a comparison. I, I think just the mm. way that Eric conducts himself is just sort of like, I'm going for the story, and I'm going to write the facts, and every once in a while I'll write an opinion column, but the, the opinion isn't going to be like, uh, it's not going to be hot takey, you know what I mean? It's not going to make you, make you it's not going to be argumentative, it's not going right. to be written in a way I, that's, you know. <laughs> It's, it's like be, if I don't agree with it, I'm not I'm not running to the podcast machine. But also, Eric goes like to go spit out two and a half hours. He's like a beer and chips guy. Like he just he feels like one of us. You know what I mean? Like the kind of guy that you absolutely would want to have um, a beer with. Um, you know, I, I, they always use that soundbite from from Charlie Weiss. This is next time I'm in South Bend, I'm gonna it's gonna owe me it's gonna cost me a couple of beers because I'm gonna you know buy you one or whatever. Like. I think that's just, I think that's how a lot of people feel about Eric Hansen. Like it's just yeah. he seems like the kind of guy that would be just fun to bend his ear for two hours while you guys were, you know, notching on hamburgers and and, and drinking a nice beer. I, I I see the thing about, about this for for Hansen too is I think that he's taken the role of the elder statesman of the uh, the beat sort of and filled in that void that was left when uh, Lou Samoji left us. See, I think Eric Hansen was always kind of the elder statesman. Lou had a kind of a, a parallel position as like the historian, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Jude, that, on that. I think a lot of people defer to to Lou for for that kind of encyclopedic knowledge. But I mean, Eric was still always the one that they called on first, and you know, sort of seemed to well for a while. Seemed to be the, for, like the senior most, yeah, for a while. Um, for a while, for but and yeah, I, I was there at a I was there at a press conference when. When Hanson wasn't called first, and I gasped audibly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the one thing also that I like about Eric is that like he has the elder statesman role, but it, he isn't like, you know, he's like he's not like Moses coming down from the mountain with the tablets. He doesn't believe that like his shit doesn't stink. You know what I mean? Right. So. He's not pompous about it at all. He's not. Yeah. He is the opposite of me when I'm right. You know what I mean? <laughs> when I'm right, I want to strut my shit, but that's yeah. not. The thing, listen. The thing about Samson is, without question, without it's not even close. Pete Samson is the best writer on the yeah, beat. Yeah. Not even yeah. fucking close. He is a master of, and he he's got a style. I was gonna say we've definitely <laughs> he's noticed got, that that Pete Samson has a definite Pete Samson style. De- Every yeah, article ends with a an open ended question. Yeah. <laughs> But he is, he is without question the best writer, which oh, means yeah. that he can articulate his point of view uh, better than I could ever dream. Uh, and, to, and, so, and to be honest with you, those those play breakdowns um, that he did with the players for when he first started at the Athletic. I did like those absolute, a lot. Absolute gold. Yeah, know? I wish I wish and, we could get back to that. that. We, get, we get some of that flavor with, with the hit and hustle with Greg and with Jamie or whatever. But there's yeah. something to be said about sitting down with the player and saying, okay, what were you thinking on this? Instead of just saying, well, I used to play the position, so I think I can give you sort of somewhat of a knowledgeable base, you know? And that's not to take anything away 
from what Craig and Jamie do because I love it. And I no no no. I want more of it on the beat. But I throw as much. I've been throwing the hit and hustles in the uh, in the commitment articles for recruiting on the site. Like oh there it is. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go ahead and steal your shit there. Yeah. I mean it's not stealing, right? I'm promoting. I like to think the way that we give it. credit where credit's due. I mean, Matt Freeman broke a lot of the uh, information about the undrafted free agents as he does every year. So make yeah. sure to embed his tweet and, you know, give cite him and the text so that he would get that, that recognition. And I guess as far as the Mount Rushmore goes is it's just kind of like, man, pick your poison. Cause like, I really, I like Tim Priester a lot. And I, I, what I, what I love about Priester is probably the stuff that nobody else sees is is you see the fan in him as he's watching the game. I'm telling you, man, Duke 2016, uh, I thought he was going to kick a fucking chair out of the press box. And I like that about him. Like, I like, I, I like that he gives a shit. Um, I like O'Malley cause I think O'Malley's got a really great sense of humor. Um, it can look at college football a little bit more like a, like a blogger does, um, at times. Uh, I wouldn't mind like, it's not a Mount Rushmore, but I think like Carter Carl's deserves the like statue that gets removed uh, because, because honestly, like, well, listen, because of, of all the stories written about Notre Dame in the last five, six years of all of them, the one that has had the greatest impact on the program hands down is the story that, that Carter did uh, down at the uh, all American bowl about Kelly not talking to recruits. Like, right, that are was, you saying the Pete Thamel article where we learned that Brian Ye- Kelly does hot yoga was is not <laughs> one of the most meaningful stories in the last five years? I can't say that it's not, I mean, we, but we I also learned in that article, and say it's wo- that it will. <laughs> we also learned in that article that he didn't know the names of his walk-ons, which was a little That's, concerning. But, it's, Josh, but, now, no, I, I, but now he has lunch with him. Josh, is it fair to say, uh, circling back to the the Priester thing, when Kevin Austin dropped that pass against Cincinnati at the 50-yard line and we're in the press box, somebody <laughs> slammed the table so loud that Look, like, it, it, it reverberated around the entire press box. Who would you have said that that was? We didn't see it, so I can't, I can't say with any certainty. Um, and I would hate to, like break the bro code of the <laughs> sorry, well, not the bro code it's uh the brother the bro sis code of the press box but if i had to take a guess about, about who it was <laughs> yeah priest uh, <laughs> should probably be the one although i i can say for a fact that he wasn't the one that screamed no uh in 2019 when book took off for the touchdown against virginia tech someone on, I mean, screamed out, no! And I'm like, I'm glad that wasn't me, but that's what I was thinking. Uh, but <laughs> so there's a good chance that was Tim. There's a there's a good chance that was. Him. <laughs> that's too funny. Uh, you know, all, all you saw was me and Brendan probably, or at least me leaning back. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! So I don't know. There's look. There's a lot of great. There's a lot of good good people on the beat right now. Uh, I think, um, I think he's, we don't give enough credit on this show. Um, uh, probably enough is like, you know, Patrick Engel, uh, and, and, and Horka and, and, and Ashton, 
they've really been doing a, a really good job of full coverage on BGI. Oh yeah. Uh, so, you know, hats off to them. I have, look, I have nothing but respect for 98% of the beat. So they all, they all deserve it there. And again, I just, I want a special statue was removed of Carter Carl's. I just, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm serious, man. There's no article that was, that had a bigger impact on the program or the conversation in the last five years than that, that I think, and maybe this is a little hot because it's in the moment, but I think you could seriously make an argument that the reason Brian Kelly is at LSU is because of that article. <laughs> um, wow. You hear that, Carter? You got Look Brian what you Kelly did. in the South. Well, the Look reason I say did. that is because he it 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 increased the heat that he had doing something that he wasn't really comfortable and didn't want to do. Because from then on, everybody was asking about, what, top five classes? Look, when you write something and Notre Dame comes back at you with some shit, then you know you did something. Like, of all the crazy shit I write, I, I never hear from Notre Dame saying, <laughs> please please retract that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not as big of a fish. Uh, I got We got a pretty big audience base. Uh, but obviously, it didn't piss them off enough uh, to have me – to kind of get reprimanded a little bit uh, for the juiciness. So yeah, that's where we're at with that. All right. Well, Hey, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the review and uh, this the excellent uh, question there. Uh, next one here from Casey kale. And this is a kale spell with a C uh, not the, not the green leaves. Uh, it says another five star and gives us five stars. Since he left a five-star in 2020, it was early in the season about Clemson, and Josh was in his feelings about looking ahead to that game in that season, so he didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that. Sounds about right. Josh was in his feelings. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it says, here's another fiver. Can't wait for the four-hour episode on the BYU slash Shamrock series slash Vegas uh, episode when the Shamrock series Jersey reveal happens. Go Irish. <laughs> yes. Yes. Stop audibly drinking in the pod. Find a mute button. I'm begging, pleading on bended knee. We're trying. Oh. We're, we're is, trying to find. Is, that, the is that me or you, Josh? <laughs> I'd say it's probably a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Although the, the ice tingling, uh, speaking of Clemson during the Clemson post pod, uh, from everyone was uh, was kind of like a nice background track. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for that, Casey Kale, and we will we will try to find that mute button, sir. Uh, this one from Clashmore Mike twenty twenty two says earned five star rating. Great show. My hope is Freeman will be rocking his best ND sweater vest for game one in the shoe. Oh shit, in the shoe. Uh, I couldn't make it to the spring game. Did we get to see any T formations or power? I uh, first Lost of all, opportunity. If, if Marcus Freeman shows up in a Kelly green sweater vest in the horseshoe, I am going to lose my shit. Good. Lose your shit. Because I mean, he, he is bringing trussle ball to Notre Dame. Uh, no, he's not. A greater focus on some special teams, uh, bringing in all no, the old that, Trussell, Trussell guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I nice. wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. 
But I don't think the offense is going to be Craig Krenzel-esh. No. Well, maybe no. Well, maybe Troy Smith. Maybe we have to, depending upon how many wide receivers we have healthy. <laughs> I don't know. Is Jadarian Price our 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 Mo Claret? Could be. Could be. Um, what, what was he asking here? Oh no, there were no T formations, no power eye, which. Honestly, in the spring game, man, why not? We got no receivers. You're throwing out walk-ons who have absolutely no no chemistry with with uh, belly man Drew Pine. You know, I wonder if, did did Drew Pine do that to honor Kyron Williams? Did we ever find out? Is, no, I mean, he, is Drew Pine now the the new belly man? <laughs> he did that last year too. If I recall, there was there was always shots of Drew Pine. Kid, kid, kid just likes his abs, man. Well, and, and someone on the site, some po- some uh, commenter on the site said he's got no moxie. Are you fucking kidding me? Whoa, well, that's nothing but moxie. Did you see the Conor McGregor uh, swaggy thing he did after he scored the touchdown against Wisconsin? I thought that was pretty uh, in moxie, pretty right? Swag. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, he's, he's yeah he's swaggy, man. It's it's. He's he's got that part just fine, just fine. Uh, but yeah, if you know, we we got the running backs. Uh, even though Logan Diggs went out, we still had enough to be running a power eye. Shit, we got fullbacks now. We got non-scholarship fullbacks. Watch out. So, nope. It's I mean, my only really end to the offense was Lance Taylor. I don't think Tommy is listening to me unless it was via. Lance. So it, all I know is if Lance breaks it out down in Louisville, I'm going to have to go on uh, Louisville drive time radio uh, from, <laughs> for at least, for at least, at least I will, I will message Mark Enos myself uh, and be like, dude, you got to get me on as a guest. I, I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you guys about this. Uh, so I'm going to be paying attention to Louisville just for that. Uh, let's see here. Last one. Uh, this is from remember the six, five stars, three scenarios for the season. Hey guys, love the show. Your differing perspectives and ability to disagree makes a discourse so much more interesting. With that said, I've been kicking around three possible scenarios, though. The third is unlikely for this season. I would love to hear your thoughts on which scenario a you would prefer and B would be best for the program. Scenario one, finish 10 and two beat Ohio state, lose to Clemson, Lose in the college football playoffs. Scenario two, finish 10 and two, lose to Ohio State, beat Clemson, lose in the college football playoff. Scenario three, finish 10 and three, lose to both Ohio State and Clemson, beat a non-elite school in the CFP, like Utah, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Michigan State, Washington, Oregon, whatever, but lose in the national championship game. Probably too long of a question. (laughs) Not for this podcast, buddy. Uh, but hey, it's the it's that off season. Dom Shabua. Can can we agree uh, that I, scenario three does not exist in the real world? Well, can we agree that he actually probably means like eleven and two? Yeah. Oh, eleven instead of ten and two. Um, the one where you beat Ohio State. I think beating Ohio State in the wait. Open. How do you get to thir- how do you get to thirteen games before the play? Oh, he means he wins because you won again. Well, I mean, he's got beat Ohio State. Lose okay, the eleven and three. He's got, got you. eleven and three. Or no, eleven and two. Oh, 11 to three on scenario three. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, because you lose the Ohio State, Clemson, and the championship game, right? Yeah. Okay. 
you lost the two big. You've lost the. It's still. I just don't race. know how you get that. It's not, it's not yeah, the right scenario though. You, you lost scenario the two three biggest is games. impossible. You you yeah, lost to the two to the best teams on your schedule. There's no way they're putting you in the playoffs. Just, yeah. So scenario three is just. Uh, I don't think it exists. That's if we, that's if we have a 2007 on like steroids mutated by a weird Marvel universe alteration of fabric and time kind of thing. Um, so let's, let, let's narrow it. Let's let's yeah, so win on. I, I'll be interested to see if we disagree on this and, and I'm going to throw it out first here. I would rather beat Ohio state than Clemson because um, Ohio state, we have not literally beaten in, uh, let's see, 90, well, 1935, whatever you, I guess you guys can do the yeah, math. 34 and 35. We won. Yeah. So Ohio state all the way. And plus we, we go up against Ohio State for recruits more than we go up against Clemson. Yep. Not to say we don't that's go up against well, Clemson, but but that's, that's we're about to beat Clemson for a recruit next week. Yeah, I and mean, obviously Will Shipley is a great example too. So I uh, you, you have to. I don't think that there's an option other than Ohio State. Because you're bummed I, I mean, out. I agree with it, you guys. I, though I guess you could. Um, in in all situations, you're going to the playoffs, right? In both of them, in both scenarios, but. Um, I don't know, man. If if you beat Ohio State to start the season, the vibes are yeah. just they're they're off they're off the charts. So, and then you can afford to lose that Clemson game because you have the Ohio State game in your pocket. Right. And there's no there's no doubt. So here's a couple thoughts. Number one, I agree completely. I think it's it's Ohio State. And mainly because Freeman's gonna have to he has to get that going into your home opener against Marshall. And your zero and two as the head coach uh, is not. That's just not the momentum that you want. Not to say that it kill that it kills everything. It's just it's not the momentum that you want uh, and the vibes that this program needs. Um, I will say though, like the Clemson thing's intriguing for two reasons. Number one, I don't think Clemson's nearly as good as what they're going to be ranked ranked at yeah. preseason. They have two. Uh, probably top 10 defensive line draft picks in the 20. Yes. Yes. Their defensive line is incredible, but I just, (laughs) and they just, they lost all their coaches. You know, I mean, that's it. And they, they didn't, they didn't go outside either. That's the thing about the Clemson coaching search too, is, you know, Brian Kelly, you know, went inside for his with Clark Lee. Um, but I think it's a little bit different for Clemson because they hired both offensive and defensive coordinators. They they just they just stayed in house, and there were some concerns about their offense for the last two years. And I think probably most people would agree that Trevor Lawrence masks some of the deficiencies that they had in running their offense in their offensive scheme just how good of a quarterback he was. So I'm not sure what a inaccurate, not very good DJU is going to do with a, a new coordinator now running the same system, I guess that's not very good to begin with. So. Mm. Yeah. It just, it just wasn't very, cre- it's not very creative offense. And if they, if they want to do the let's w- run Will Shipley into the ground offense, uh, which is what they're starting to do, la- you know, kind of did last year a little bit. By the time November comes rolling around, that isn't going to be the Will Shipley version that that they need to to be a good football team. So, 
I I am not sold at all that Clemson is even a top 10 team. But I will say this. Clemson, as Brendan and I have pointed out quite a few times, is a budding little R rivalry with Notre Dame. It's just it's it, it's unfortunate that we can't play just a wee bit more, but we've played enough since 2015 where and enough stakes have been on the table for uh, with their games. This is important. So uh, that does have some some extra juice, but I just don't see any way how Ohio State is in the biggest game of the year for Notre Dame next this year. Uh, you know, period. So you win the biggest game of, on your schedule. That's a, and it's I a mean, road game. CJ, CJ Stroud is going to be in New York. I don't know if DJ Uyangale is, although, you know, credit credits due, he blew the fuck up against Notre Dame at Notre Dame, you know, two years ago. So maybe he's going to feel right at home. It won't be an empty stadium this time around, but. And Clemson, by all accounts, if you look at their schedule, they will probably be undefeated going into the bye week before the Notre Dame game. Yeah, they, I mean, there could be a slip up. But they could be, I mean, they could be a very overrated number, like three, number four team in the country for sure. I don't know. I think Clemson just isn't going to get the benefit of the doubt like in Alabama on a week schedule. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, they go Georgia Tech, Furman, Louisiana Tech, Wake Forest, NC State, Boston College, Florida State, Cuse, then the bye, and then Notre Dame. Where's that BC game at? Alumni. That's in. That, yeah, it's in Chestnut. Okay. John McNulty reigns in that game. Yeah, well, well, and Phil. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I guess uh, Jerkovic too, but McNulty, he's going to be the difference maker in that game. Ah, uh, thank you for the, all those reviews. Uh, again. Head over to Apple Podcasts, smash the subscribe button on any whatever platform you use. Uh, but on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review. Helps us out. All right, boys. We are we are in the real actual offseason of college football. The draft is over. We're gonna talk about that in a second. But just to, just to remind everybody, this is uh this is our fucking time. Hey, want to talk about the Mount Rushmore of the offseason? That's me, buddy. That's OFD. That's Jude. That's Brendan. That's Pat. That's Phil. That's everybody over the site. We're going to fucking own this offseason like we mostly do most years. Uh, so I just want to put that out there because I have Moxie, too. NFL draft. How sick and tired are you guys hearing about? I mean, I, I guess I just keep seeing it splash around. Uh, Notre Dame had as many draft picks as Toledo. Why is that something that's said? And why should I care or should not care? I did this a couple of years ago. Teams that got draft picks before Notre Dame, because uh, remember the year Ben Koyak went in the, what was it? The seventh. And he was our only pick. And they're like yeah. Mount union, Mount Kimball, you know, Indiana university of Pennsylvania. It's like, yo dude. And then the next year when we got like, 70,000, they were just like, eh. you know, it Crickets, just happens. Yeah. yeah, it's just dumb. It's dumb. 
It's still funny that Texas didn't have anybody picked, though, right? That is very funny. Yeah. I mean, it broke a record, right? <laughs> or a broke out streak of theirs. Right? It did. They ha- yeah. So, yeah, of course. <laughs> I can always wallow in other people's misery. How, how, how do you have two Power Five schools from one of the bigger states of Power Five talent not have TCU in Texas and not have a single draft pick? Big 12 conference, man. <laughs> it's just insane. Uh, Cincinnati had what? Nine? Nine. Yeah. That is just that. Cincinnati yeah, should send a- Notre Dame a nice gift basket. Oh, yeah. Because if Notre Dame wins that game, Cincinnati isn't having probably half those guys drafted. Because yeah. they wouldn't have had the, they would not have had the platform in order to have, um, you know, moved up the, the charts quite like they, they did like uh, sauce is going to get drafted. Like sauce is going to get drafted. Kobe, Um, Kobe's going to get drafted. Yeah. Ritter's going to get drafted. Uh, your white boy receiver. Yeah. Because uh, Pierce, yeah. Pierce is Jerome Ford going to get drafted. Uh, the, the, uh, a spot ahead of, uh, Kyron. Yeah. Yeah, he would be one of the four. Would he have been one of the fourteen running backs drafted before Kyron Williams? That's insane, man. I don't get that. Well, you, you can't sleep on uh, Snoop Connor or uh, Pierre Strong Jr. <laughs> oh, I you know can. one of the I will. <laughs> one of the things I noticed since Matt Bayless arrived at Notre Dame is that we've had some pretty surprising uh, combine results and mostly in the positive. Like, you know, we, we looked at miles Boykin as a possession receiver. Then he goes out there and runs a, a blazing 40. And that's yeah. just kind of like one of the things we've, we've noticed since Bayless arrived in Notre Dame that, you know, these guys have showed up. That was actually his MO before we got to Notre Dame. When people would talk about like when he was at UConn, like the UConn guys would show up at the combine. They just be like these fucking freaks. Yukon players, just freaks in nature. Uh, and that was kind of like one of Bayless's calling cards. So it was a little surprising. Uh, I think Kyle's whole thing was out of, out of the uh, realm of what Bayless uh, could do. Well, he, he went years. off, he went off reservation to um, train for the 40. Right. But it's not just the training, like from the time you're done at Notre Dame, to that, like, Throughout your time at Notre Dame, Bayless, once you get to that combine, Bayless has got you like just ready to pop. Yeah, yoked. You know, Kyle's thing was, you know, like hang on the combine, he was running, he was running funky, you know, shit. You you'd probably shave your know, three to, you know, some time off just for the the diagonalish way that he ran. Um, you know, Greg pointed out all this, you know, stuff already. <laughs> I'm sure everyone noticed, but anyways, it just kind of so it was surprising to see kind of a flop at the combine with Kevin Austin being the star of the, of the show. And then Kevin Austin goes out and gets undrafted. undrafted. Do you think that Kevin Austin being undrafted? Cause you were for sure guaranteed that Jack yes. Cohn was going to get drafted. Yes. Are you more surprised about Kevin Austin <laughs> going undrafted or Jack Cohn going undrafted? Oh, they, they are an equal measure. I'm way more surprised about Kevin Austin. I mean, but the thing about Jack Cohn was too, is 
look at what the, look what happened with all the quarterbacks. That's the league true. just said the league just basically said the uh, fuck that noise. <laughs> we'll other, than the, other than the Steelers, uh, the league just sort of you know. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. So they got uh, Kenny Smallhands. Um, yeah. Is his, no, was, are his hands small or are the iPod, uh, AirPods just that big? That's what I need to know. <laughs> you know, did, he always did orders every, Whopper. Did every, Pitts, did every Pittsburgh fan get harassed with that uh, tweet or what? Yeah, uh, he definitely is on a strict diet of Whopper Juniors exclusively. <laughs> that's that's not a bad diet to be on. Uh, no, I mean, Kevin Austin, I mean, I guess, yeah, that does surprise because just because I don't know how many wide receivers were drafted. Uh, Jude, how, do you know? You're usually good with that. No. Okay. So you're not we good had, with that tonight. We had 14 go and before we got a quarterback, right? Wasn't that the, wasn't that the stat? Yeah. Or something crazy like that. Or 14. At, at any rate. And there was one quarterback drafted. Yeah. I just, I. With his combine numbers, I just I couldn't understand. How, I just I didn't see how he fell out of the sixth and seventh rounds, and at a premium position in the league that somebody would just you know want to grab. So it happened. Obviously, the I mean, there's no way that the Purdue and Cincinnati games didn't affect Kevin Austin. You know, didn't affect his status. I mean, they just. A lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of scouts combed over that Cincinnati Notre Dame game with a fine tooth comb Um, because, you know, a lot of Cincinnati, nine Cincinnati guys got drafted. Right. So a lot of scouts are watching that. Yeah, you got you got both both corners getting drafted from Cincinnati. I mean, it's like so it's that's a good tape. That's a good tape to look at and nothing. I think the Purdue one is more damning, honestly. Because that was the game where, I mean, I saw Jack Cohn, I don't know how many times, but it was like all game long, reserved Jack Cohn fucking yelling at Austin, like after the plays, like just up his ass about the route he ran or what he did. I mean, he was just, oh God, there was at least four or five times where you, where it was just like, you know, you, it's not on the tape. But you what you know you're up in the box and you you just see I'm watching it and what he's going right to Austin and and blowing him shit. It's like, yeah, what the hell is going on here? So that was a little funky, and that was against Purdue. And it says against Cincinnati, it's got shut down. Um, I don't know, man. It was just it, everything. Kevin Austin got everything he deserved. And I don't say that vindictively at all. I'm just saying Kevin Austin got everything that he deserved because that's you put you get what you put in. And he definitely could have used another year. I am never gonna be that guy that's that screams about a guy leaving too early. If he feels like that's his time, that's his time. I definitely got my opinion on if they should stay or not. But Kevin Austin definitely needed another year just to get that sh- that monkey off his back. Because with those physical traits that he has, if he would have had come back for another year and had a good season, he's he doesn't go past the third or fourth round. Right? Say Kevin Austin comes back. Just say he has like a, a seven touchdown, 900 
800, 900 yard year, back seven, to eight touchdowns, solid seasons. Yeah. Just a solid season. Not, not, nothing like no bullet in the cough, you know, nothing crazy like that, which is a solid season of, of, you know, and he tests out production. the same way that he tests out. Yeah. That's, that's a third or fourth round draft pick. So what do you remember what the the amount of money, what he got was? No, no, I think I, I want to say like 105,000. Let's see if I can figure this out real quick. I, I just remember thinking, oh, wow. I think he could have actually made that in, uh, and I owe money. And, you know, look, sometimes you're just done with school and, and you don't gotta go to class. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this, look, Kevin Austin's got his degree too. This isn't a situation yeah, right. where he left early and he still doesn't have his degree and he didn't get drafted. It's not a uh, not a Darius Walker situation. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's got his paper. He could have uh, Priester's been big on it. He should have just gone somewhere else. Like if he was done with Notre Dame, like maybe just go somewhere else and do like nothing. And even Notre Dame's fifth year shit now is is not what you would think. <laughs> not what you think it is. It's not doesn't it's not daunting. It doesn't have to be. You know, a lot of guys chose it. when they come back for fifth year. Notre Dame has a um, has a one year uh, MBA program, and a lot of those guys choose that because they're looking for a life after football. Drew, Drew Tranquil the, famously the, said that his fifth year was essentially just recouping during the week, right? He had one class during yes, the football season. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is the other route. That, that is the other route that you can take. And that should have been Kevin Austin's route. Whether you're done or not, you, man, he just, he needed it. I don't know who was in his camp. I don't, I don't know what ears were, you know, who was in what ear, but someone had to have. And if they didn't, then someone did him a disservice. But But even though Kyron kind of went down farther draft, he, he goes to a pretty good spot, right? I think so. I mean, he went to an offense oh my that God, should dude. be pretty f- good for him, right? It was a team that was pursuing his uh, offensive coordinator at Notre Dame to uh, take the same job. Um, so, And I think McVeigh was on record stating nice things about the the offense that, that he was in. And um, Well, the, the other thing that I thought – was was so was so big was this has been a lifelong dream of his to play uh this team for this team right and so i think it comes in with an extra motivation to to prove himself and stick around was Whereas, like you know they in st louis while he at any point oh yeah yeah oh yeah that's yeah i can't remember when they moved he grew up a st louis rams fan right okay though i'm not sure anyone in st louis is still a rams fan are they Cardinals fan? Don't, don't, don't raise that with Lisa Kelly. She'll get very upset. That's I mean, I, for sure. I would imagine most of them are pretty Chief, sore. They should all just be Chiefs fans anyways. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, um, Jude, I, you know, you used to do a lot of the mocks um, and not so much recently, but was there anything outside of the quarterback um, shit that, that surprised you in that draft? Well, as a Giants fan, I was very excited that Kayvon Thibodeau was there at five for them to take. And then Evan Neal, who 
I, if what, if he wasn't first on their board was definitely second and I was there at seven. So uh, very excited. Um, I, I, you know, I, I was waiting to see how the lions would screw things up. Uh, obviously the Aiden Hutchinson pick was, was, uh, you know, that that's a match made in having talk about Kyron Williams and San Luis Rams. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson actually wants to play for the lions, which I, I just, I would have I his check. I, I would it. check it, have a sanity checked for that. But, uh, you know, I was also glad that there were multiple teams besides the giants that had, uh, opportunities to draft Kyle Hamilton and passed. So Greg has so many houses to burn down that he probably won't get to East Rutherford anytime soon. Although <laughs> I am very excited about the possibility of, of Greg flying in and, um, doing some sort of, uh, you know, trip to Baltimore or maybe a, a, a way game or whatever to see his beloved Kyle and also to see whether or not he looks good in purple, because I think it's a, it's really hard. A purple Jersey is very hard to pull off. Uh, I think white jerseys are very hard to pull off, uh, for people of my complexion, which would be uh, pale. And, uh, you know, I think, white I mean, I, I, you don't, you don't think Harrison Smith looks good in purple. Oh no. I think I actually like that. It's funny. Cause I like that shade of purple. Um, I'm not I'm not a huge Ravens jersey person. I don't like their purple jersey. So you can get a black one, one I, but it still I comes with that dumb black. state flag on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of rough. That, that's kind of rough. But yeah, look, I love the symmetry of number fourteen being picked number fourteen. <clears throat> um, you know, I love that the handshake that he did with his uh, with his girlfriend after he got picked and when he was doing the the, the pimp walk. That was very the, fast. The that was very very fast. Yeah. I love to see uh, Jackie all uh, all dressed up. And obviously, uh, Dad was there too, and his brother. So it was a cool. I mean, Chris O'Leary was there, the safeties coach, as well as uh, Marcus Freeman. So there's some good behind the scenes photos that we got. If you follow those guys on uh, Freeman, had that drip Twitter. with that green suit. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really awesome. So uh, let's see. Oh, what was the surprise? Oh, the guy from uh, Chattanooga. Being picked by Bill Belichick, number twenty nine. Yeah, uh, Cole Strange. The best, yeah, the best thing was um, the Rams are doing their press conference to talk about their draft pick, and then the, a reporter interrupts to murmur, "Cole Strange just got picked twenty nine, And Sean McVay goes, "Oh, guess we'll take him off our draft board. We really liked him at one hundred and four. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shots know. fired. Yeah, that was definitely like a, a record scratch moment, but you know. I don't tend to bet against Bill Belichick. He seems to understand what he's doing, but maybe he's lost his fastball. Who knows? We'll see. I was uh, I was pretty pleased. Not so much of the players that Green Bay Green Bay's draft was not great, uh, in my eyes. But it wasn't bad. It wasn't. Some people thought well, it was. Terrible. At least you got, he broke that streak of. At least he broke that streak of getting a not picking a wide receiver in the first round. Right? You guys did that, right? Yeah, right. they picked a great. They picked a wide receiver. They lost Devontae Adams and they replaced them yeah. with. Um, what we, uh, what's it? What we did? What listen? Uh, what Green Bay did was in sh- was was to create a life, a real life test for their social media manager to see how many posts <laughs> they have of them in Georgia uniforms and then morphing into Green Bay uniforms um, because of the G's. Like their top two picks. Uh, that's yeah. Defense, right? They want to see. They want to see how that goes. Uh, of course, you know the first wide receiver they get is a guy from from North Dakota State. Um, makes sense, right? Green and yellow, cold weather. Even though they play in a dome, uh, it's 
<laughs> it's just a funny draft. Another wide receiver from Nevada. I mean, look, we got Devontae Adams from Fresno State, so I I don't I don't know. Yeah, I really it, it, I, don't, I, I don't know if you. I don't, I've never it. I'm never really critical of of Green Bay's draft because they seem to know what they're doing, right? Like Green Bay, Pittsburgh, there's just teams that know what they're doing and they just keep winning. I will say though, I don't understand how you use a seventh round pick on anybody from Georgia tech secondary. I just don't <laughs> understand <laughs> anybody else would have been better than anybody from the secondary at Georgia tech. Uh, and they took uh three carpenter with the uh, 228th pick overall. Um, Never I would have thought Tariq Carpenter would have got picked instead of Kevin Austin. I uh, I don't know if you guys read uh, Peter King, but uh, he actually got embedded with the with the Ravens in their in their draft room for the third day, where they had six picks in the fourth round. And uh, I think the best probably anecdote of that is that they actually really wanted Calvin Austin, the wide receiver from uh, from Memphis. Uh, who definitely made me look up at the screen when I heard the name get announced. And I was like, oh, the Steelers pick. Oh, never mind. It's Here Cal. we go. It's not Cal. Uh, um, but the Ravens actually wanted him one pick later. At, the, at uh, I think the Steelers had 138 and the Ravens had 139. And I think there's no sweeter satisfaction than finding out afterwards that you, you not only picked the guy that you wanted, but you took it away from a division rival who had to pick right behind you. That's so funny. <laughs> and then I, I – I definitely DM'd you guys um, because I watched the the uh, draft till the very bitter end, and uh, I just had a just hearty chuckle at Iowa State quarterback Brock Purdy being picked as Mister Relevant. So that was that was a that was a fun a fun ending. Yeah, that's a tough spot to be in for Brock Purdy, Mister Heisman candidate to Mister Irrelevant. Yeah, I remember, go-to man. I mean, I remember talking with Greg, um, probably it was right after the camping world bowl where he was like, look, these passes weren't completed, but these were good passes, you know? And he, he was high in Brock Purdy, uh, coming out of that game and obviously didn't pan out the way that we thought it would, but, um, yeah. Oh, well, Matt Campbell ruined another Brock- one. Do you think Brock goes through all the, uh, the pomp and circumstance that the, uh, Dude, <laughs> the I, other Mr. I would, I would a hundred percent do it. 100%. It could be your last moment to shine, right? Well, and I you mean, know what it, you gotta, you gotta like, you gotta be able to, it's almost never yourself. a bigger name. Like Brock Purdy's a big, a big name. Like he's, well, he's a guy who was, was pretty, was pretty big a couple of years ago. You but you're right. It's usually you a, a person you who don't, you don't know, you know? Yeah. You got a point, Chad Kelly. Yeah, Swag Kelly. Swag. I was gonna say Swag. Swag King himself. Shit, that's gonna be Drew Pine. I know it. I still think I was still laughing. I I was gonna tease you about that. I was still laughing about Jack Cohn getting picked it because it became obvious at some point that Kevin Austin wasn't gonna get picked. And I thought, well, shit, if Kevin Austin doesn't get picked, then there's no fucking way that Jack Cohn gets picked. Oh, well, we I so I was. I had baseball all day on Saturday. And so I, you know, kind of paid attention a little bit, but once I saw, once we got into the fifth round, I like the beginning of the fifth round, I knew it was over for cone. Just, just, just the how, way the, the way that the quarterbacks had panned out at that. Yeah. Point, it, it was just board. like, I might even have known sooner than that, but just the way the whole quarterback thing went, I'm like, 
yeah, this doesn't seem like this is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so this did not really go the way. And I'm not that I'm glad that Jack didn't get picked up, but I'm glad the quarterbacks. I'm fine. I'm glad that it happened because I was getting really pissed going into the draft, thinking about how back in November we really weren't talking about quarterbacks in the draft a whole lot because we knew what was happening. But, you know, as it happens every before every fucking draft, the media's focus is solely on that. And they push these guys like 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 Willis push these guys like they're actual first round talent. And most years, half the quarterbacks picked in a, in a first round aren't even anywhere close to being first round talent. I don't even know what the exact numbers are, but it's just it's it's a waste of a fucking draft pick. And it's why teams are picking in the top 10 every year. Uh, but. Christian Ponder I was says, glad, what's up? Yeah, I was glad it I was glad it happened the way it, the way it happened, just as maybe people will go eyesed up, or maybe it was just like it was so glaring uh the <laughs> the difference in quarterback talent this year that they just absolutely could not. Next year, I think what factor as well is next year's quarterback class, especially at the top, is going it's to good. be it's really good. So yeah. I think a lot of teams were content just to, to kind of wait. I mean, there's, if you need a quarterback, there's, there are quarterbacks that you can call on, man. It's, there are plenty of them in there. Just, just go get you one, one of the backups and get through your season. You'll be fine. And if you just tank it, you get a better quarterback in the draft. I, uh, who did you think had a good um, destination for undrafted free agents? Did you like it where anywhere ended up? And you can include Chris Fink signing with the Bears today, even though obviously uh, didn't, didn't come. I think year. Kevin Austin got a good spot. Okay. Um, I don't think that there's a ton of competition out there in Jacksonville. Um, well, I mean, who's he fighting with? An old Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, and then they paid Christian Kirk. So uh, I. I mean, if he shows up in camp, I think he can absolutely find himself a roster spot. I mean, are the Chicago Bears just slowly building uh, the 2017 Notre Dame football team? I'm just what, just because Mustafer and Bars? Mustafer and Bars, Fink, Mike Fink. Dutredway apparently signed with the Chicago Bears. And oh, yeah, he was that's in right. college for 17 years, so he must have been playing on that team, too. Um, yeah. uh, Cole Komet. No, was Komet. No, yeah. Cole Komet. Yep. Cole Komet. Yeah, Komet. Okay. Yeah. Komet. So, I mean, like they're, they're doing it right. They're doing the thing. <laughs> it's a bit, right? <laughs> like I when mean, they, the char- remember the last year when the Lions signed, like after the draft, they signed J, J, uh, Javon McKinley, uh, Brock oh, the Lions and, have like six Tommy. Yeah. Kramer, Lions have a lot. Jaylen Both of Quara brothers. The chargers were, were big Kings of that too, for chargers a little bit. were huge on that too. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Notre Dame to lock over there. Yeah. Huh. Isaiah Pryor yeah, Chica- hook up with his old friend, uh, Ian Book, who he spent one year with. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you know that, that both Josh Adams and Tony Jones Jr. Are in New Orleans now? I knew Tony Jones Jr. was. I didn't know that Josh Adams right. was down there. I, I just read something, and I, I didn't like triple check anything. But yeah, Josh Adams is with uh, the Saints. Did you know that Josh Adams just opened up a park that he called Dr. Adams 
and he spelled doctor we did wrong. It, like he did, we did an oh. at, we did an article of it on uh, one foot down. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I think we I think we did it two years ago when he first things were first rolling with it or something. I think Okay. I think Lisa took care of that. It's funny. What's he sell? So, yeah, it was a What's that? What's he sell? What's he, what's he sell? Yeah. Fun fun times for children. Yeah, it's oh. a, it's a park. It's a playground. In Warrington, PA. There shouldn't be any sales going on at a park. Is this like a one pant leg up sort of thing? Or, or is one guy whistling uh, uh, all around the mulberry bush, the monkey chased the weasel? <laughs> Pop goes the weasel. Is someone whistling Pop goes the weasel. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, shit. I, I didn't. You know what? I'll never have as much fun with the draft as I did in, in uh, 2020 when everybody was home and you could really just see the, I don't know. Goodell man. I, was in his chair. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, for, for some reason that draft was just more fun. Like, cause everybody was at home. You kind of got us, you got a bunch of little things going on around them between girlfriends and moms and, and all that. You don't get as much of that out of the green room um, as you did. then. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's funny. Um, I don't don't know if you guys remember, but I was actually supposed to go to that draft. It was supposed to be in Vegas in 2020. It was my buddy's 40th, 40th birthday weekend. And then, you know, I just watched the draft this past weekend and I saw like people just crowded close together as far as the eye could see. And I was just like, I'm so glad I'm not there. You know, Well, did you know in in that, in that draft and the, and the one that they were supposed to have in Vegas in 2020, the draft picks were supposed to take yeah a boat over to a the boat. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad yeah, they scrapped that shit. That. Yeah, that was really dumb. <laughs> Someone was like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, no, we're not, we're not going to revisit that shit." That I hope they apparent. revisit it in, for Detroit, and all the draft picks are in Windsor, oh, the and they have River? to. Yeah, and they gotta they gotta go across the Detroit River. Apparently, I'll end uh, up at Windsor. The NFL got mad at the Lions for rushing the Hutchinson pick because they, they didn't get enough time to talk about the Jaguars pick. So that was really funny. <laughs> they were sprinting there. Oh, they could not. I mean, have, they did, yeah. They, had they didn't even within, care. They had it in within a minute, within a minute of um, what's this base being announced for the Jaguars. They didn't even care, like, really, if this guy's going to be any good or not. It was just oh. like, you know what? This is This is Michigan Wolverine ticket sales right here. We just made half our fan base really happy. They were they couldn't fucking get that pick up there quick enough. Yeah. I don't know, are you guys? I mean, are you sold on the? I mean, what's the word up there in in uh, in Michigan land, Brennan on uh, on Hutchinson? Um, I don't know. Here's the thing about Hutchinson is, I think that there's some excitement for him. I think everybody understands that he's got a really high floor, but he doesn't have like a huge ceiling. Everybody's more excited up here about Jamison Williams, which mm. for good reason. And they, yeah. As they should be. Um, you know, I kind of feel bad for him because lions wide receiver taken in the first round. Um, <laughs> there is a stigma but he wasn't attached the, to that, but he wasn't the first pick of theirs. In the no, first round. So no, he wasn't. That breaks. No. Maybe that breaks a little bit of the. Of I mean, the Calvin bad turned out pretty good, but Mike Williams sure didn't, and Charles Rogers sure didn't. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all I know is that the pictures of, uh, of Hutchison and Williams couldn't be any more different standing next to each other. Uh, I mean, honestly, I thought Hutchison was going to, was going to impregnate anything around him. How happy he was. (laughs) (laughs) James was just kind of like there. I didn't see him crack a fucking smile. He didn't even play a game and he was already lionized. Uh, lion eyes with those lion eyes, man. So that was the draft. It's over. Yeah. They'll have more selections next year. You can bank on that. Hey, I heard we're getting four first rounders next year. So we're sweating it. We're sweating it. Seems a little low. The only thing, (laughs) if you do want a good laugh, go back and look at the 2022 mock drafts right after the uh, 2021 draft had concluded where they were like Sam Howell, o- number one overall pick Phil Dracovic first round. Oh yeah. And those are Rattler. Fantastic. Spencer. Rattler. Yeah. They're literally just, just Rattler. Darts. Literally just throwing darts. Yeah. Rattler was the number one overall, wasn't he? Yeah, he sure was. Didn't work out too well for old Spence. He's playing for Shane. I don't know, now, man. I, I think, uh, I think the University of South Carolina is a fine institution to go spend some time. Yeah, I mean, they still play Sandstorm, you know? I love Sandstorm. I do, too. It. I'm still into I, it. I, I may Just call me old, but it's just, uh, it's still good. It reminded me of really good <laughs> times with my friends in college. <laughs> they played that all the time. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not going to. I have no stories about Sandstorm. Uh, none at all. Ah, <laughs> uh, shoot. All right. Well, let's move on to something else. Uh, what do we want to holler about? Hey, it's recruiting season. Yeah. We're in the right? thick of it. We really are. So nothing's going to feel good. Like Right now, Notre Dame has the no, and I put this in an article today. Notre Dame has the number one ranked recruiting class in the country by every measure. Yep. It's a bunch of crystal balls from national guys. And I, I love Tom Loy and Kevin Sinclair. I appreciate their crystal balls. And that gives me great insight. But when Brian Doan and, and especially Steve Wolfon start dropping those CBs in there, I'm not going to say it's guaranteed. But they really only drop those when they know when they really know. Like they're gotta more their sure. Stats, yeah, they got to pad their yeah, stats. They're more sure. So they, you know, they dropped in. Uh, I, I put up four today that that were recently dropped in. Uh, that was Sullivan Absher, four-star offensive lineman, four-star defensive lineman Devin Houston, four-star wide receiver Jaden Greathouse, who has a great name, and then four-star offensive lineman Charles uh, Jag, Jag, is it Jagusa Jagusa. It's got to roll off my tongue a little better. Um, if you just, I put it in the article, if you have, you just take those four guys and throw them onto the, what we have committed right now at Notre Dame, go back and look at the 2022 team rankings. They're ninth. That's a top 10 recruiting class with just the 15 guys that, that we'd have 11 commitments now. And those four guys I just mentioned. This doesn't, is even include, nine. doesn't even include waffle with all those. You pancakes. just, you j- well, that's a 2024 oh, yeah. player. 
the uh, that's that finishes ahead of Michigan in the 2022 class. So that's pretty high. And then I was like, all right, you want to add some, uh, some, some more, some more extra spice, throw in Dante Moore and Jason Moore in that with just 17 players. And you are just about fifth place in your, in the composite rankings with 17 players. This class is legit that they have right now. This isn't like a, like you, you overspent and then it goes down. The guys that they're still in for, these are all blue. The blue chip ratio is out is, hundred percent right now, straight up hundred percent. And they have a legit chance to have like a 100% blue chip ratio class when it's all said and done. Now we'll see how the last pieces of the pie fit in. Maybe there's a three star here and there um, that gets fit into the class, which is, isn't a bad thing. We've seen plenty of three stars become five star quality players. Plenty Jude. Jeremiah Wusu come on. But this just seems like this is a this class is special right now and could just be insanely special if few things go their way. But most specifically, I don't. But the thing is, though, I don't know if Notre Dame finishes number two. Let's say this. Let's say Notre Dame finishes number two on signing day in February, and this class doesn't have Dante Moore. It's going to feel like a failure because of what's been going on over the last three months, which is just crazy to think about. Because you're just going to get you're just going to get Carr in the next class, right? Uh, no, he's going to Michigan. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I think it's absolutely insane how people aren't more hyped about this recruiting class. And it's solely because Dante Moore is not in the, the mix. If Dante Moore was in the mix, people would be just like, I mean, they would sweatpants would be out of stock everywhere, all the way, probably to Elkhart. Cause people wouldn't be able to fit into their regular pants. Just the excitement factor would be, but, but he's not in the fold. He put out a list of, Every team that's ever offered him ever, including, you know, East Carol, uh, East Kentucky and Texas or uh, Florida A&M. But it uh, didn't include Central or Eastern. And no, I have a problem with that. <laughs> no, the Chris Creighton and uh, Jim McElwain and Erasure McElwain. will not be uh, will not be. We will not stand for that. We will not stand for it. And it wasn't like he left out the back. Miami of Ohio is in there. Did he just does he want to just look smart. Is that it? Because Western wasn't in there either. Like, I mean, I don't care that Western was left out. Fuck them. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> maybe they were too dumb to offer. You know, like, it was a. If you don't know what we're talking about, the on three has hired a. What is he? Twenty years old. Well, he's his Fawcett is the guy who does basically every time you see a kid put out a top list, and it's been this way for like the last two years. Hayes Fawcett three is the is the Insta handle slash Twitter handle that that does it. And he puts yeah. on all of them. He, he, he just is, does he do like sick edits or is he a recruiting guy or what's his? No, what's he his just story? does. He just does edits and okay. he'll put he'll put, you know, a really cool background and then sort of the the, the logos around it for whatever it he is. He has a pretty specific style. He has a very specific style. He uses uh, – well, I'm not going to get too into the weed for it, but he uses the same 
uh, Photoshop uh, graphic for each one. He uses the, uh, what is it? Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. I have to look at my, my thing, but it's, uh, yeah, he uses, he uses the same one for every time and it always makes me chuckle, but um, the kids love it. And if there's anybody that knows, or he, he has the inside on recruits more so than anyone <laughs> that exists on this planet. Pretty much. Cause they, everybody loves to get at it, man. He's so good. Brendan, is it time that we start um, pimping you out for, for sick edits or keep, is there money to be made here? Uh, I mean, I imagine he's getting paid, right? Yeah. Well, um, he works for on three now. Yeah. He works for on three now. He didn't, he, before he just, yeah. He just did yeah. the thing. They swooped in and was like, Hey, we'll pay you just to like, Oh, he doesn't like, Cause it's a great, yeah. well, it's a great thing to have, right? Like you're on staff. So where's this kid going to go? He's already told you, you did the edit for him. So yeah. a- anyways, it was, I took a lot of a beef I had to sleep with me last night because people were kind of pissed and they were like bitching about Dante Moore being a prima donna and all this. This was a, he didn't put this, I mean, he was tagged in it and, and like, Hey, how you doing? But this was a on three Hayes faucet, like hype job. Like they, they're the one, you know, he's the one that put it up there. Hayes did about, we're going to have a Dante Moore edit dropping at seven o'clock put a countdown on, on, on uh, Instagram. And then, you know, and we're all thinking like, look, Dante Moore has, has specifically said he's not going to do any top lists or any of that stuff. And so we're like, look, he's either going to break his word or maybe he's talking about a commitment date. He's certainly not going to commit. And it was just kind of a weird thing. And I was like, Oh yeah, here's, he's just, it's an homage to the people that offered him, but people were, people didn't really take it like that. They took it as kind of like a, well, they know, took like, it as a slap to the face. They were like, well, and there were people who were like, I don't even care. If the kid I can't believe I checked my social media at seven o'clock in, at, in the evening. I'd never do that. <laughs> <laughs> this house is how sacred. Dare, how dare he make me get my phone out? Uh, yeah, it wasn't, this wasn't a Dante Moore thing as much. I mean, obviously he gives, he gave the, you know, the okay, go ahead. But I mean, like the whole prima Donna thing, that's a, that's a big over overstatement about what actually went down. Um, but look, I'm all for anything that moves Dante more closer <clears throat> to finishing the, this process out, whatever it is. And the one thing that we've been told, um, you know, behind the scenes or whatever, like, look, we talk about NIL, which we might t- have some time to talk a little bit more about it tonight about what's going to happen. But anyways, it's not about the collectives writing the checks. We're not talking about the pay-for-play stuff. Things that we've heard from behind the scenes is that they're trying to increase their NIL value, whatever that means. But in the real world, the value of a – if you have a million people following you on Instagram, you're going to make some money, right? You're worth, more than, you're worth more than a 5,000 follower account. That, that's, that's real money. And the, the kids can do that now. That's so, when we, you know, we kind of make fun about Notre Dame, you know, talking about helping with the social media stuff and all that, blah, 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 with, with the kids in NIL. But that's a real thing. Like the more followers you have on social media, the, the more marketable you are to sell products and make, and make bank. 
So if this process is drug out a little bit longer and there's little things going on as he increases his NIL value, so be it. I mean, I hope that makes sense. And so it just is what it is. Uh, and look, if if you thought of going into a a, a battle for a five star elite blue chip quarterback was going to be some easy thing that we're going to get done uh, before spring ball football is over, like if you not to say that if you thought that was possible, but if you thought that was like written in stone by the gods, you're crazy. It's going to be a fight. Hell, it's going to he could commit tonight, and it's going to be a fight until whenever you get that damn signature. So this is what happens when you have to go after elite talent. It just, it, this is the deal. This isn't going after a three-star quarterback from Connecticut. Even though he's got a lot of moxie. So, but I did, I did want to ask you, Jude, that was something I, and you too, Brendan. One of the things I found funny was, and I put it up on the same article. So on his Instagram, he wiped it completely out, right? And it was just Notre Dame and LSU on there. And then after his official visit, so and LSU, he has an official visit in. That was his first. Oregon's his second. And he's got his, his edits from Oregon picks uh, up there now, too. But one Jeez of the picks that I, yeah. just, I thought was funny was the apple juice. Yeah, the Martinelli's on there. The placement of it all, just like, did he get paid? Be good for him if he did. I'm not like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not saying don't get paid. It just seemed like, man, are you, it is Martinelli's, which is a company out of California, in Northern California, though. Do they have ties to Oregon? I don't know. And the, I have no idea. Like Apple juice seems to like it'd be a big thing with the Oregon fan base. So I don't know the whole placement of it. Like, did he get paid for that? If so, good on you. But I just thought it was funny. I'm like, holy shit, he's really sh- like displaying a product there, um, as clear as day. If so, he didn't, I would be in. I would, you know, there's somebody at that apple juice company that has some internal numbers on what kind of, you know, what what kind of traffic he he moved to their site. So if if he wasn't paid for that, then he might get paid for it the next time. He had to have gotten paid. That's just that. That's like uh, going to the movies and seeing them drink uh, Budweiser or Coca-Cola or whatever. And like, it's always clear as day, the label. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think of the scene from uh, um, Wayne's World. Yes. <laughs> the best one to call it out. But yeah, it's a battle. For, so it's a battle for Dante. I mean, it just it is what it is. But, you know. This is this is. is what but but this is what gets me about it is for years people have pounded the table and wanted Notre Dame to do more in recruiting and to get after big name players and to dip their toes into you know they can't handle big boy it. recruiting and you're just showing that you as a fan cannot hack what big boy recruiting is because this is what big boy recruiting is these are players who are sought after by every single major university in the united states and they're Except not for eastern just, michigan or central michigan right but they're these these kids are not just going to see the it's it's not 1973 they don't just see notre dame show up and they're instantly like okay yeah i'm committing like you have to convince a kid 
to come to Notre Dame, don't go to Oregon. Don't go to you know Alabama. Don't go to Georgia. You, there there are competitions and and other schools at play, and you just have to get you. This is what it's going to be, and it's no fault of the kid. The kid should be taking his due diligence so he doesn't transfer out, and right? also taking advantage of the and situation. taking advantage of free trips. Uh, you're only going to get to do this once until you know and, the NFL wine and dine. And like I said, if he got paid. You just got you just got a free trip to Eugene, Oregon, and they wine and dine you, and then you just picked up a jug, and someone paid you ten grand to stand there with a jug for a minute. Right. No, and and I'm goes, saying that that's not none of that is factual. None of that. And is when factual. he goes to Miami, he's probably going to do something very similar. And he went to LSU, uh, and he's going to go to these places, and he'll take his official to Notre Dame, right? He'll he'll reserve one of them, one of the five for Notre Dame. I, you have to believe that. I mean, yeah, there's just, yeah, that's so I would bet Notre Dame is probably the fifth one. That would be, and, I would hope that they're the fifth one because that would mean that, you know, I'm okay with the fourth one. And he says, I don't need to see a fifth one. I would I'm be okay, okay with that as well. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I'd rather him take the fourth and then get to us, <laughs> like use them up. <laughs> You're going to take them, use them up. But this is what happens when you're in the the mix for top, like Texas A&M signed the the greatest class of all time, essentially. And they had kids that were signing in like, I don't know, April, right? (laughs) They were still signing kids from the 2022 class. Right. That were in contention. Like you have, this is what big recruiting is. You have to have the stomach for it. Guys are going to want to shop around and do their thing. It doesn't mean that they're prima donnas. It's not... In, you know, an indictment on the kid. It's just like YOLO. You only live once. And like, they're if not Dante as into your school as you as a fan are. And that's okay. He's that big of a, big of a, uh, it's all me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. He'd be doing a lot more oh, interviews yeah. and all sorts of shit. He'd have more edits too. He'd have if he, if he wanted to, four. Dante Moore could be as visible as the president of the United States right now. No shit. I, I think about pretty I think about the way that I you up. I think about the way that Parker Boudreaux went about his recruitment, how like he had like some obnoxiously large number. And then he, he, he did a commit, he did a video to announce his top, I think it was five or whatever. And like Georgia Southern was in there with like Notre Dame and all the other heavyweights. Um, and he just like, you know, he made it a big deal every single time. And then he uh, pulled a, pulled a bus. Then he pulled the bus to announce it. Right. And so that's, it's like the, the, uh, the Yang to uh, to Dante Moore Yang, right? So Dante Moore is doing it a lot different. I mean, really, the last time Notre Dame was in for this highly ranked of a quarterback, they were pissed that he re- that he committed early, like that, just because he had a big. I mean, he had a lot of family members with him, and they needed a big place to do it at and, <laughs> and transportation. He needed a large car. And, I don't remember. And, about you know, you, tell me more. You're away from home. Yeah. No matter what Gunnar Gill's ranking was, there was never the even the hype for him. No one understood that ranking. No one did. Never made any sense. You and I'm, I'm have, not saying I knew. Just no one cared. Your chest was bigger than his. I, honestly, it might be. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty thick right now. Um, but that whole, but, whole field T-shirt looks pretty pretty good on you. That uh, Tennessee Volunteer shirt. 
that you were supporting. Didn't today. that look? I mean, didn't that look gorgeous on me? It did. So it, it worked. It worked well with your strawberry apricot Red Bull too. So that dude, that strawberry dude, that's legit. Yeah, that's good. That strawberry, it's a little sweet. Yeah. Like that, the true. first time you taste it, it's like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, but man, is it good? Like you put, you throw some some gin or vodka in that mug. Yeah, that would be. Wow. That'd be. That'd be nice. That's solid. But speaking of, uh, but yeah, it just so happened to be that the dark magic of home field was working. The can's orange, and I was wearing my Tennessee Volunteers uh, home field shirt. And it's like they predicted you were like, going to find the new stuff at Walmart when you went. It's like you knew. This was at the this was at the uh, the Speedy Mart gas station. Oh, Speedy Mart. My bad. Yeah. Uh, the shell, the shell, Speedy Mart. Uh, but yeah. The home field magic. I had my orange shit on. There's the orange drink I've been waiting on. Got it. Uh, home field coming out here with big new Saturday season number four. 14 brand new schools coming up. You can get hooked up with a subscription. It's $20 a week, $20 a shirt. Um, $5 shipping is going to cost you 25 bucks. You do get a couple of free passes. So if it's a school you can, you absolutely cannot wear or don't have any friends that went to that school or use it as a prop for like a, a straw man to burn or whatever. Um, you, you get a couple passes, uh, but it's, this is a big one. 14 is a lot. And I, I am struggling internally if I can do this or not without my wife just absolutely losing her shit. Um, <laughs> the amount of t-shirts, uh, college t-shirts that I did not attend. Um, being in my in my drawer like they've completely replaced most things that i'll wear in the summertime it'll just be a probably a home field shirt pretty much every day of the week um and sometimes two in a day like right now i'm wearing my georgia uh between the hedges shirt because i needed a red undershirt when i was coaching uh, my baseball team tonight so so it just all works out like that. Yeah, I guess the point it's a great where I fun had, to do though. I had so much home field stuff that I started buying it for my kids and for my nieces and nephews, and you know what I mean. Like just sort of like I still have to buy home field, but I really can't justify buying it for myself anymore. So, I mean, I could. I, well, I did. I, I, I could. I certainly pass up can. On that, but I just, that Bo Morgan Air Force. My shirt. wife just is like. She, you know, you, you know, you you weigh everything, right? Which is like, how much shit am I gonna take for buying more stuff <laughs> that is what I already have a ton of, you know? And you know what though, I can always nerding football programs, and now it's home field. I can apparel. always point to my wife's closet and the purses and the bags, <laughs> and those are cheap, uh, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Uh, so I think I have that in the bag, but yeah, I couldn't turn down that that those that Air Force collection. My God, I should have I should have bought more than one shirt. Um, but 14 new schools, what they do is the you'll get a hint on Monday, and it's not a very subtle hint uh, at all. Um, <laughs> and all week long, they'll 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 hype it up. It's a great time, a lot of fun tweets. Friday, you'll get to see the uh, the shirt that you'll get, and then at noon on Saturday, they'll drop the, the whole collection. And so they, they show you the shirt that you're going to get. And then pretty much by like Monday or Tuesday, you have that shirt. You have that, that magic, uh, in your hands delivered to you. It's, it's, it's a, it's kind of a high 
Like it, it's it's nice that the you get that. It's also, you know, kind of you know, like sneak it past your wife. Like maybe she won't realize that this is the 10th week in a row. I've gotten a home field package. Um, but you know, they'll see your, right? your wife. Listen, your wives will steal it. Your girlfriends, your boyfriends. I, my wife wears home field about as much as I do. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So uh, uh, it's just, it's too I, I, not I, I agree with that. My, my wife is either wearing her Auburn uh, hoodie or uh, her Ohio hoodie pretty much every day. That's not, you know, 65 or better, which is most days here in Watertown, Great Watertown, New York. So get on over to Homefield, homefieldapparel.com. Look, if you just want to put in a one order, like, oh, all right, I've heard enough of these guys. Use the code one foot, save 15% off your first order. Or like I said, jump on that subscription bandwagon. I may just get sick and go ahead and, and do it. That starts May 21st, I think. Sorry, Whitney. Um, but <clears throat> somewhere right around there. Uh, go go check out uh, Homefield Apparel on uh, on Twitter. They won't let you miss it. And pretty much if you follow the same people we follow, you're not going to miss it either. Uh, so get on over and check that out. All right, guys. I need to we, – we need to talk about something – before we forget. So first of all, I want to say much love to the one foot down staff. We, you know, we're not doing the, uh, the player profiles this year, doing something that I, I call the penny tray. Uh, <laughs> just drop a bunch of stories into a spreadsheet. Uh, you, you take a penny, you leave a penny because the, the penny is for everybody. And I can't remember what movie that's from. But uh, it's from a movie. <laughs> and he's for the pennies for everyone. Um, but having a great time this week doing that, which has been great, and bringing the triple option back, uh, a kind of daily uh, link fest of good stuff. Um, and so I was looking around for for four stories because the triple option includes four players, so it's four stories. And first one I came across was one that was like two or three days old, uh, from all the way out West. Uh, is that the Deseret? Is that the name of the paper? The Deseret? 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's Deseret. It's a, it, it's, a, it, it's a Mormon name for town. I can't remember. Anyways. And I saw... Probably the craziest fucking title for a story I have ever come across, ever. And that I don't even can't remember what the whole what the title actually was, but it was basically <laughs> BYU Notre Dame is not your friend, <laughs> and I just about shit myself. I'm like, what the hell is this? And look, I'm not gonna drag Mormons on this uh, podcast at all, but it was the most Mormon thing I could think of. Uh, it's his commentary. Was Notre Dame ever really BYU's friends? Oh, man, I am oh, LMBO right now. <laughs> yeah, LMBO. <laughs> My God. Kids read Twitter, so your acronym better not include the A for ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, it was just a, it was just a wine article about 
Notre Dame not honoring the contract that they signed with BYU. This site probably which more than great, anybody else. Which is a great article for 2014. You could have definitely written yeah. this eight years ago, and yes. nothing would have been different. No. And look, it's a it's a great look. The, our site has paid attention to this probably more than anybody else. <laughs> well, this was Jude's baby. Jude, yeah, this, this is Jude's fun. baby. Uh, and paid attention to what the comings and goings of this. And Jude, I think you were like, weren't you hounding me to like ask a question about that at a, at a press conference? Like, what's up with BYU? Or yeah, uh, anyway, I was. It, it's been something. It's been it's been one of the 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 quirky things we have on one foot down. So I see this and it's like, all right, I'm going to throw this in triple option. And then I started typing away and I'm like, this is, this is a, this article is by itself. And I'm like, no, you fucking weird. In the article, he literally said they were, he's bitching about the Notre Dame not on the contract that Notre Dame could have and should have done more to help another independent. And it was like, quote, like a big bro helping the little bro out, unquote. Oh, no. And I, I, my head about fucking blew up. In what world, what, what, what planet are we living on? And so Earth. I instantly jump in. No, BYU, Notre Dame is not your friend. That's not how it being independent works. That's why you failed as a fucking independent. You couldn't do the thing. You couldn't be, you're not on that level. It's, I mean, I'm not trying, I'm not even really dissing BYU. I'm just saying, like, here's what happened. Like, you went crawling to the Big 12 for a reason. You couldn't hack it. And it had nothing to do with Notre Dame playing you. It's, you're not on that level. You could never schedule up to that level. And, but this guy's like, dude, BYU fans will bring up that 2000, and, or excuse me, that, yeah, that 2004 game in Provo. Like, oh my God! Scared yeah. of them, like like we're so Alabama yeah, we're so 2000 to come back to Provo. Yep. Like so, so like, scared that's, to come back to Provo. We'll go out to Provo. Yeah. How? First of all, how dare you, Josh? This is a program that has a national title that they won when they beat a six and four Beauchamp Beckler team in the 1984 Holiday Bowl. And they also have – that's it. <laughs> they have a Heisman Trophy winner. That's it. They got they Trent Delfer, right? Winner who An interceptions. Not Trent Delfer. 28 uh, interceptions the Ty year Detmer. he won the Heisman. Ty Detmer. Yeah, an undeserved Heisman Trophy winner. 28 interceptions the year he won the Heisman. It was a different yeah. era, Josh. It was a different era. Not that different. <laughs> You're going to get shit competition too. Is that like your what? Look, twenty-eight which, interceptions. Was it? Did Ty Detmer just get himself into uh, Eli's places where he was dragging Eli around in a garbage can? I don't think so. You, do you know who probably should have won the nineteen ninety Heisman Trophy? Rocket Ishmael. So if anybody uh, should be pissed at BYU, it should be Notre Dame, right? Because I literally just that. made that reference, Brendan. Where were yeah, you? Yeah, but I mean, like. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't get it. I don't get it either. That's why we're we're bitching about it. But you know what? I don't want to be like Syracuse fans are about the Tim Brown Heisman because they're really salty. Okay. They are very salty about that. Yeah. I mean, look, and, and McPherson was great, but come on. 
They got it right in 87. But anyway, back to this point. I just I could not believe the nonsense in this article. Like this was a serious this wasn't like this wasn't the Bab the Mormon version of the Babylon Bee. This was a real article. And I found it funny that in our comments, a few BYU fans and a few on Twitter they basically said, look, this guy's a quack. And he has been, and it's just it's not good. And okay, but there was just so many defending it. And not only that, but they were so offended by me saying what I said, which it really wasn't that bad. I did not think I got all that trash talky in there. Uh, just stating, you know, a few facts and just kind of like, how fucking silly is this? Uh, but no, Notre Dame isn't afraid to play BYU and Provo. They're not like, they literally, they're saying in the article, Notre Dame doesn't want that uh, too tough of a schedule. They want to soften up that schedule because, you know, Georgia, Alabama, A&M, Ohio State, Clemson. Yo, that that dude took that's 11 soft. paragraphs. That, that, dude, that dude took 11 paragraphs, and give or take a paragraph or so, to get to the point about the fact that in 2014, they signed a pretty big freaking deal with the ACC that precluded them from honoring their six-game commitment with BYU, right? And so then they immediately right. cut it down, and the guy's acting like – that like this somehow was this was out of like left field or whatever. This this shit happens all the time. Michigan the Pope dumped out was involved. The Michigan dumped out of games with us. Um, you know, like Penn State dumped out of games when they joined the Big Ten. They Penn State and Notre Dame had a had a scheduling agreements in the it's in the, through the 1993-94 season, and then Penn State joined the Big Ten. Like it happens, dude. It happens. Like get over yourself. Yeah, it was uh, the tone of the article, like. They're not our friend. No shit. How would you ever go into that thinking? Like who's Notre Dame has a friend and it, it's not really a friend. It's a fucking ball and chain called Navy. Oh no. Would, would you consider USC a friend? No. Okay. No. Cause a friend would come out to see you when you asked them to not when it was on their time. A friend would come out in November. No, we have, yeah, Navy's barely a friend. They are a ball and fucking chain. And that's Navy, about as good as it gets. Navy is Notre Dame's friend. Notre Dame, or uh, Notre Dame is Notre Dame uh, Navy's, is Navy's friend. friend. It's not reciproc- reciprocated. It's, it's that, uh, yeah, it's like that, uh, the 80s movie where you got the one you got the two the two buddies and one of them would just like literally like die for the other guy and the other guy's just using uh his little buddy to get all the things that he wants uh in life to be with like the, with Maybe the cool kids that, that, you know what i mean that's that a plot friend you had friend with air quotes that your parents made you hang out with <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah but I, but i don't i don't want to go to jimmy's house and it's like i, I know look he he jimmy he, likes baseball too he eats his own boogers and he like he, his retainer is always in his mouth and he's always like slurping because of it like i don't want to be around that it's like <laughs> go hang out with jimmy go hang out with him he needs friends oh man, it's just a whole lot of whining and the thing is BYU got exactly what they wanted, what they've been wanting for years, and that was to be seen as a peer of the Power Five. They, you know, obviously they weren't getting that in the Mountain West, 
and they thought they could like work their way through it as an independent. And that was not happening at all. And so now you finally get what you want. The big 12 finally had to invite BYU. Nobody wanted BYU. Pac-12. Well, nobody sure. wanted the big 12. You were like, yeah, right. you, you got, you right. finally got picked to play on the, the sports team. And that's because uh, no one was left. But now, but, but it's, it's still the result that BYU wanted. Right. So yeah. now they're, they're, you know, on that, on that level, they, they, they could say they're in the, they're in the group or they're in the power five along with Alabama. Uh, like that's going to make a difference with, with um, recruiting <laughs> with Jackson uh, wave rider uh, over, over there in Salt Lake city, you know, <laughs> in recruiting, it'll move the needle for uh, Dan Smith to sign with them. <laughs> Because so I'm sure Dan, exactly Dan Smith was uh, going to sign anywhere else. <laughs> you got exactly what they wanted. What are you fucking whining about? You should be ecstatic right now that you're you're in the position that you're in. You get to go to Cincinnati, brother. That's a great city. You got to go out to Morgantown, the Queen City. Some might say. So but it's just, it's just are they just mad? Like, why are you whining about this? Like, are they, honestly, are they then, mad about that? It's in Vegas. Are they mad about that? There, yes, there are BYU fans are not happy about this and they let you know it. And then they talk to shit. Like you don't understand how many people we have out here. We're going to, you're going to have more fans than you in, in Las Vegas. And I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't, that does not matter to me. Like what the fan differential is in Allegiant, uh, but yeah, they're 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 they wanted it in Provo. They really think they, honest to God, believe. Now, I understand that they have they could really believe some things that that are unbelievable. Uh, they honestly got believe there is something magical about that 2004 game that's going to make them beat Notre Dame again out there, as if the 2004 team wasn't one of the fucking dumpiest Notre Dame teams in the last one of the you know, three worst years. in the last 20 years. So we beat That's like, you know, Purdue doesn't even beat their chest about beating 2007 Notre Dame. You know what I mean? That they don't do that. They don't. <laughs> and, so why? Because this is not a good team, but you're still beating your chest. I mean, if, if Notre Dame was that scared to play BYU, they beat Notre Dame in 94. In yeah. South Bend, why are we having them come back to South Bend when the only restaurant in town is the Cracker Barrel? You don't need to then talk up the Cracker Barrel. We know what it's all about. When you can't get a a, a regular ass beer, why would you go to that that state? Just a regular uh, ass beer. What's their what's what's uh what's their attendance out at uh, BYU? Oh, they pack it, dude. Uh, but, uh, but I mean, what, what, uh, how, like 60,000, like 65, 60, oh, that's pretty good. I, I, 63. I, I, yeah. You're, you're spot on 63. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a decent size stadium, especially for what it, the, like, look, BYU has always seen themselves as a power five program and has always tried to come off as one to their credit. They're able to do that because of the, of the LDS thing they got going on. It's a, yeah. they have a lot of support. So they come off as they have everything there to be a power five program. It's just that, you know, the PAC 12 didn't want anything to do 
with a private school. I mean, USC excluded a, a religious, a, a very religious private school. Pac-12 didn't want anything to do with that. Well, the, the Sunday 12, thing, the Sunday thing's kind of a problem. Yeah, well, that and even that's getting tossed, getting kicked to the side, right? I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen anything definitively stated as to whether or not BYU is going to be playing on Sunday in the Big 12. Okay. So I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's not a concern for football, but like baseball, softball. Basketball. Basketball, track and field. I mean, those are all concessions that the Mountain West made and then certainly as an independent. And I they're, they're in a basketball conference. Um and I can't remember the name of their basketball conference, but they also made concessions to for BYU not to have to play on Sunday. And I don't I think know. It wasn't the West? Wasn't the the Western wasn't Athletic big, Conference? Yeah. Was it the WAC that they're? I think so. Uh, I'm not really sure. At any rate, it just the article was such a loser type of thing to write. Right? It was the. It was the it was the guy writing a note to the girl he's had a crush on for four years in high school, the se- like right before graduation. What what the f- like I really I really liked you this whole time I love you, <laughs> blah blah blah. That's a movie too, I, I, isn't I, I, it? I, I've had a crush on you. Yeah, what uh, what fucking movie was that? The one the one where the with Barry Manilow. Well, I remember that this was a big deal and a, a plot point in Wonder Years where Kevin was hemming and hawing over what's right in a Winnie's uh, yearbook. And then Winnie wrote, have a nice summer. And Kevin was like absolutely crushed because he'd written something like very sweet and very thoughtful. So. Oh, nothing just, was worse than getting have a nice summer in your yearbook, by the way. Have a nice summer is yeah, the ultimate. Just, I, you, you meant nothing to me. You literally, I, like, I'm having a hard time placing your face. If you hadn't handed me your yearbook, I would have been I like, whose yearbook who is this? Yeah. Yeah. Have a nice summer. Have a nice summer. It's like signing the birthday card at, at work for the person you don't know, and you just write, happy birthday. By the way, like, I I think it was in – I have signed birthday cards at work. Have a nice summer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've, I mean, uh, everybody knows. What do you sign? Me, what do you sign in like, retirement? I, I will sign it. Have a nice summer. What do you sign in retirement cards? Have a nice summer. <laughs> Just, you lucky bastard. By the way, the, mo- the movie I was thinking of was Can't Hardly Wait. Somebody was probably throwing their thing about uh, that. Okay. Uh, you know, it was. It had um, Jenna Elfman in a lingerie angel outfit. Uh, which is that I do not remember. I remember Jenna Elfman having a nice turn in that movie where um, Ben Stiller and uh, Ed Norton played priests or a rabbi and a priest. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No, she was at a bus station here just as a angel stripper. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't hardly wait. It came out 98. I can't believe you didn't, you don't know what I'm talking about. I definitely, I definitely, I don't don't remember uh, Jenna Elfman's. No, it had Jennifer Love Hewitt in it though. Cause she was the, the love interest, the 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 one that someone oh, had a crush on for four second. years, wrote getting, the love letter. I'm getting confused with what was the movie where, um, is it She's All That where they did the Rockefeller? She's All That. The prompt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where she where just they, where she just took the glasses off and took out and took out the ponytail. Yeah. And the the overalls and she's hot. Yeah. And she's hot all of a sudden. Like and oh my then, god, I never thought Usher. she was hot. Usher was the DJ at the at the high school prom and he played the Rockefeller skank and everyone knew the dance. And he said something like, now let's all do that dance I taught you. Like, who is learning a coordinated dance for a song that hadn't come out yet? 
at a high school before a high school prom. <laughs> really big fans of Fat Boy Slim. Could you could you uh, could you imagine the poster for that? Hey guys, come learn to dance for a song that hasn't yet out, not yet out. Signed the it's... cool DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, speaking of all these old movies, something that I'm I'm living in my real life right now. So, you know, my daughter's 13, right? And so there's kind of like all these these teenage movies sure. that they were kind of letting her, you know, you know, watch all that shit. But here's something funny. So they they read The Outsiders in school and yeah. did a whole did a whole like like three weeks uh, deep dive into The Outsiders. And when they were done, Carrie and I uh, put on the movie for her. Okay. My daughter is in love with a Scientologist. She's absolutely head over heels in love with fucking Tom Cruise. I mean. (laughs) Which is understandable if this was 35 years ago. But we're like. Well, I can't imagine she she fell in love with present day Tom Cruise. She fell in love with Tom Cruise as he appeared in all the great 80s movies, right? So she uh, she watched Top Gun the other night, Ooh. and it's just like, oh my god, <laughs> like it's just it's really funny thing to see. Like you should just put know, on yeah, put, put, on, put on for. I her. was not expecting put on, any of this. Put on risky business and walk away. No, just put on the Oprah clip no. when he says how much he is in love with uh, Katie, Katie Holmes. Holmes. <laughs> Jump on the couch. <laughs> It's just, oh God, man! Listen, listen to the way she talks about, like, oh my God, Pony Boy, he's so cute. Big old Pony Boy. Uh, it's just one of those things you 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 know what's gonna happen. You just aren't really prepared for as a parent until it starts happening, and then you're just like hand and head, and just oh God. Anyways, it's a fun. It, so we have all these teen movies, and at least I know which ones aren't. Don't have too much racy shit because there's some. Like you go back to the '80s, there's always. Yeah, yeah. Full yeah I'm not gonna want. I remember uh, going over to to watch Days of Thunder at my friend's house, and my uh, my friend's dad fast forwarding and blocking the television as the sex scene was playing through. <laughs> Just like, okay. I went to the movie theater and watched Days of Thunder with my parents, Ooh. and then on on the way home. And this was so that was in Fort Wayne. We're on our way back home to Hicksville, Ohio. So it's like 30 minutes of country roads. Mm-hmm. Dad's fucking Tom Cruise, man. He's just he's flying, just passing everything and anything imaginable. Just he he totally thought he was driving that mellow yellow uh, on, the, on the way over the movie theater. Yikes. Yeah, I saw just a weird side note. Two movies I saw, three movies I saw with my parents, but just us three and I remember Days of Thunder. Princess Bride, Return of the Jedi. Huh. Not a bad list there. No, no. That's, I mean, that's solid. Princess Bride, especially. And at that time, I was like, I cannot believe you guys are taking me to this. I mean, I was Fred Savage. Like, what the fuck are we doing watching? You know, just couldn't believe it. Right. I was right. Fred Savage going to that movie theater. Did you ever watch a movie with your parents that you immediately regretted turning on with your to watch with your parents? Yeah, Trace. Oh, I'm sure there was a Trace. (laughs) Oh my god. No, no, no. Hey, how about kids with your dad? Oh no. Yeah. Oof. Kids. Oof. 
<clears throat> so my story is a little bit similar. Um, uh, I was watching Sex in the City for the first time. This was had to have been back in like 1999 when it first came out. And my mom's like, hey, what's this show? And I go, oh, it's this new HBO show hit Sex and the City or whatever. And she's like, is it good? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, she's like, all right. So she sat down and watched it. And it was the episode in which they decide to um, hide Charlotte's vibrator because she's overusing it. And I'm like sitting there going, <laughs> what, did, what have I done with my life? And mom just doesn't she doesn't say anything. She just like stands up, <laughs> just like starts making dinner. <laughs> just like, <sighs> yeah, it's there's some awkward situations there. My my mom's pretty good about movies. Like my mom and my aunts, uh, and we'll speak. You know, we do the speaking just movie things. But like, there's some like, kind of like really like movies to us that are just common. That no, like Baby Boom with Diane Keaton. Oh yeah, that's yeah, huge. sure. That's huge in our family. Huge. Interesting. Baby Boom. Like, it might as well be Star Wars. Uh, it gets quoted so often. Uh, so, so now we've stayed away from most of the awkward stuff, but I think you have a pretty good sense, unless it's just like something that just like, you got a pretty good sense before you go in about if this thing's going to cause a, a situation. Sure. Well, now you can like with that, I went and watched JFK, the movie theater. Oh, yeah. that got a little weird when they had uh, the, all the, the David, uh, gold the painted Ferry part. Uh, yeah. 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 The the nipple clamps and painted yeah. in gold. Cool. That was I got a little weird. Yeah. That's such a good movie, though. <laughs> it, I'm like, it is. I'm, I'm super trash, into watching all of the crazy conspiracy stuff regarding the JFK assassination. Like, the weirder, the better. If you think that a Secret Service agent fell off the back of a, of a, uh, of a, uh, a moving car and accidentally shot Kennedy in the back of the head. Like I'm here for that. I'm here to listen to your theory about that. Well, but that, the, uh, the, well, it was, a, it was a secret service agent. You just need to read the, uh, fan posts on one foot down, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it was, it was a secret service agent. And the funny thing is, cause it's so like, like there is no, there's the only evidence out there about the whole JFK assassination is that there is evidence of, co- of a cover-up. There isn't any other evidence other than evidence of a cover-up. And they were just, it was a fucking OSHA violation and they covered it up. <laughs> That's it. Okay. It was OSHA. I mean, they just didn't want to get dinged. Uh, that, you know, those OSHA points, the secret service agent, they fucked it all up. That's it. It's not sexy. And most people like you, like, you hear like someone will lay it out like this is what happened and go yada 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 and it's like it's clear as day and people will just go huh the last podcast did a JFK series and when they got to that when they ex- explained that that part of it it just made sense like yeah you're right it's not sexy at all but it's the thing that makes the most sense <laughs> completely like it's the one that has the most evidence pointing to it and, and it, but it's just not. It's not Castro. It's not the mob. It's not, it's not, <laughs> not any own, of the fun own. stuff. It's not like yeah. three three Lee Harvey Oswalds. It's just, huh. What the, what podcast? Are we recording? <laughs> I believe we still are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there uh, a sign? I, I, I have no idea what sign is what. You know what? I want people to tweet at us 
and tell us the movie that they watched with their parents that they really, truly regret. I want to hear some stories. So. I'd use hashtag parent regret movie. <laughs> parent regret movie. <laughs> hashtag Perfect. parent regret movie. Let us know what uh, what movie you absolutely regretted sitting down and watching with your mom, your dad, both. Hey, you know what? Go ahead and still use the parent regret movie hashtag. But if it's just a maybe it's a movie you watch with your sister or your brother and you're like, what the fuck? Go ahead and throw that one in there, too. Oh, man, it, it really is officially the off season, huh? <laughs> We're we're just one step closer to that Dungeons and Dragons episode, I promise. Oh, just one quick thing before we wrap this up. Um, you know, the transfer portal closed on on May first, right? Which means that anybody's in the portal, they could still pick up or could could still go somewhere else. But I think that the only person that Notre Dame had entered the transfer portal was Sebo Flemister, which we had already predicted months ago. Is that right? That I mean, you would. I think so. You would, you would have to have known if it was somebody, if there was anybody else. Yeah. Well, at this right point now. now, you would have to. Yeah. 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 Like they say it's like forty-eight hours, and that was May first, and we're we are officially May fifth right now. Yep. So that's good, right? Yeah, but I mean, I would I would have loved for them to pick up a wide receiver, but I've been beating this particular drum for three months now. So, yeah. Well, it creates a problem. What's the problem now? No one because now it's like, well, what if you can get? What if there is somebody in the portal that you could get? Like, where where are your numbers at? And again, we we talked about oh, you're gonna numbers work themselves out, and they do. But we're at the we're at the point where a lot of those numbers worked out. You know, what I mean, like you know, guys, you know, transferring out and this and that. Now we're not really expecting any transfers out. So where you know where are they sitting at now? I think. I mean, I yeah, hold on here. I got it in front of me. So as of right now. They are at 86 scholarships for 2022. Well, that seems like uh, one more than they need. <laughs> I mean, they really need that at like at 83, at least 84 to grab a couple of. But I mean, this is I think this also includes this includes Matt Salerno. Right. On there. Which so, I don't think is beholden to to Matt Salerno come the fall, right? Right, right, right. right. That, that's been our our working knowledge is that it's been good for the spring. Having said that, we're not trying to diss Matt Salerno. No, 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 no. Who, who got a, a scholarship right after the bowl game? So we're just happy. But for it's them. like if if they need it, it's there. It's there, yeah. Yeah. So technically. We could say that it's 85 out of 85 right now. Can guys um, transfer in fall? Or medical, medical redshirt too, or medical. Uh, Medicals is probably what I'd be looking at more you know. than anything else. Um, 
and again, this is really only about getting more guys in. Like if they, if they, if there's any wide receiver in the portal, they want to bring in, I kind of have a working theory that I think they're just going to fucking go with what they got and just roll with it. Yeah. Dance with it the girl you brought. Way, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, Ed, you know what? That may be, that may work out really well for him. Do you, do you want a situation where they bring in like a Friday canteen and just take up roster spots or like, well, they had, well, that's the thing. Like, and... like who are you grabbing? Right. Like, who's the, who's the other guy, Brennan? It's the same year. Freddie Canteen and um Oh, he's the Arizona State kid. Uh, Cam, Cam Smith. Cam Smith, yeah. Yeah, neither one of them really Cam Smith, I think, got hurt, right? And he didn't right. he, he he had a pretty good game against Georgia. I thought he caught a couple of balls, two or three balls, right? I thought I recall yeah. Canteen getting hurt. Cam Smith was definitely the bigger one coming in because he had production out of Arizona State. Where all Freddie Canteen did was was talk to a doctor during his time oh, yeah. in, in Michigan. And Cam Smith actually I, lit us up in the 2014 game, right? Wasn't that a big deal? Yeah. Chip Long, it was Chip Long and Cam Smith. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So really what Notre Dame has is they is they, they got a two deep plus one. <laughs> and so the plus one will be here in in June, Tobias Merriweather. Well, maybe, I mean, well, more than that, if you got, I mean, you're going to have to count Salerno, whether scholarship or not, Salerno is going to be involved. He was last year. He's going to be involved again. So, I mean, technically when, when you're sitting there with, Tom uh, Madigan erasure is uncalled. You got eight, you got eight, you got eight receivers to work with nine. We're counting Connor Radigan. We're that we are definitely pro Connor Radigan on this podcast. Um, can't wait for him to get drafted in the in the sixth first round. round. Oh, first round. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, our, uh, yeah, man, I really moved down uh, uh, in two hours of a podcast. I went from first round. To, to, <laughs> <laughs> but they got they they got you know if they're healthy, they got enough. They really do. You know, I had Lindsey. This could, be, this could be the year, his fifth year. Yeah. Avery Davis, who I think is just underrated by Notre Dame fans, straight up. Avery Davis is just underrated by Notre Dame fans. Uh, Joe Wilkins played well when he was not hurt. Lorenzo Styles is the truth. I think Deion Colsey, there's still plenty of potential there. Jaden Thomas, Thomas is up. It was was a spring winner, up and comer. And then you got uh, the lanky freshman, Tobias Merrother. You got there's pieces to work with there. I almost I mean, I not saying that they're not going to keep looking at the portal, but I think they're kind of kind of content. And again, Priester brings it up all the time about splitting a tight end out, whether it be Mayer, who is a guy that can do that yep. and putting bombing in on in line. But also a guy like Eli Raritan, you know, coming in as a freshman is a guy that, that could run, um, you know, as a boundary wide receiver, too, as well. You know, Mitch. I think they got the pieces. They're just not going to grab any guy. And I don't think they should. They're not I'm of breaking. the opinion is they should not just grab a body to grab a body. And if you were going to do that, you were going to do that in the spring. Right, but if they got a roster spot, if there's a roster spot, is that why not? You have a scholarship to give. Why not? Though? That's true. 
Especially if the scholarship is is a one year deal. One year, yeah, yeah, one year deal. Nobody that's that's multiple, and I think that's the problem. They're not really finding any grad transfers right now. Like everything's within that realm, and and Jude's been a stickler of the law about Notre Dame's transfer policy. There's just there's nobody that fits that that profile for Notre Dame right now. The kid that went to Duke, right? <laughs> The, what was it? Wellman? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. There'll be plenty of this conversation moving forward, I'm sure. Plenty more recruiting, obviously. Um, so we'll just, it's a wait and see. We're, we're just getting started in May. Today was just the May crowning, y'all. CCD is done for the year. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, I got, I'm holding baseball practice at four thirty from four thirty to six. Then I got to hustle home. I'm like, I'm literally like throwing food down Ryan's throat and then getting the kids all to CCD by six 30. That's been our last few, like, few weeks. Like that's, that's tough, man. That's tough. Thank, thank God for me crying. <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap it up. It's, what do you got left in the tank, Jude? So I just want to give a special shout out to um, the Notre Dame women's lacrosse team. They uh, had the they hosted the ACC tournament in South Bend, and uh, they put on quite a show. Knowing that they needed to win to, in order to be eligible for the NCAA tournament, they upended um, seventh ranked Duke, who had only lost twice this season. Um, I believe the score was nineteen to eleven, and then. Played a hell of a game against undefeated uh, number one ranked North Carolina, where North Carolina ultimately nipped them at the end. But started off a huge, huge lead. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, blew that and then some, and then came absolutely all, almost all the way back. So they played like real champions. We're going to get some seedings. Um, I don't know where they're actually holding the tournament this year. I don't expect them to go very far. They're nine and let's see, nine and nine on the season now. Um, but I, the, I love where they came from. They were they were five and eight and and literally needing four to win four in a row in order to make themselves eligible for the NCAA tournament. And that's exactly what they did. So kudos to the ladies. Absolutely, I was there for that. At the you baseball were. game, watching Dylan was let me know what the score was uh, across the way, and so we saw <laughs> we saw the comeback uh, against us happening just off the off the score so yeah they but it was a lively off, crowd yeah they started off like 5-0 against the number one ranked undefeated team you know it's just like that's awesome and then at one point they were down 12-6 i think and then it was 14-13 was the loss so amazing okay what a game brendan sir what do you got left in the tank Oof, i got nothing left um just You're all JFK'd uh, out i'm all jfk'd out um uh, you really yucked my yum when you, you stated that uh, all JFK conspiracy theories are OSHA violations. It uh, really put a damper on my night. <laughs> Not all of them, but the, the, actual, the actual thing that happened was just an o- OSHA violation. That's it. Jeez. It, uh, yeah, you, you really yucked my yum, man. It uh, <laughs> put a damper on the, the rest of the night for me. <laughs> Well, I, I'm, a, I'm sorry about that. 
I'd like, mm-hmm. If you got a conspiracy, run wild with it because there's nothing more fun than a conspiracy. There really is. Uh, Dan Brown made a lot yeah. of money. You made a lot of money. That's still awesome. making money. Yeah, still banking. <clears throat> uh, for me, I, I really don't know how much I have. I already mentioned about being at the baseball game Sunday. Um, just I like watching Boston College lose. That, that was That's great. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we took advantage of the – I'm not sure if Notre Dame's going to do this next year. I really hope they do. But every sport outside of football, men's and women's basketball, and hockey – was free admission. So we took it, you know, took advantage of that. Um, and you know, had a blast on a day, even though it was freezing fucking cold, uh, wind just pouring in and the, the sixth inning, we go into that <clears throat> Notre Dame's up three Boston college scores, six runs. <clears throat> Notre Dame gets up, throws up 11 runs. The sixth inning lasted like an hour and a half. At least it was ridiculous. Uh, had me rethinking everything I was doing that day. <laughs> uh, but really, uh, throughout the throughout the entire um, academic year, whether it be volleyball and all that stuff, they, there's stuff going on when you're up there for football stuff and all that. Go check it out. And just wander on in. I'm just I love sports. I love competition. I'll watch anything, especially live. Uh, you know, so just I am. Not getting paid by Notre Dame. I say this, I think, like every other podcast, but it is just a, it was a awesome thing to go do. Um, so that's it. That's the show. That is all we got for you. I'm sorry that it's not more. Your mom's <laughs> No, no. <laughs> that so, took a weird turn. Oh, no. No, let's let's just see if I edit this right and and kick in the uh, the alma mater right after I say your mom's a whore. <clears throat> All right, should really be a USC fight song, but <laughs> for Jude, for Brendan, for everybody over at One Foot Down. Thanks for listening, and as always, go Irish. <laughs>